welcome to podcast 171 of Five Star Potential, your weekly football manager podcast. I'm Matt, and on this week's pod, I'm joined by Dave Azapardi, Dupe, Curti Herb, and Friday Night FM. We've had a little change up to the format. We've got a save game focus. We'll be putting a content creator under the spotlight, a quiz, and we'll talk about the potential return of an old favourite as well. Eyes emoji. Teacher's coming back. <laughs> I'm going to make the same joke. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Welcome, gentlemen. Hello. 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 Good afternoon. Good evening. Hello. It's a, a big change up. I like it. So, uh, save save focus is right up. So, uh, with the full release of FM21 dropping this week, we thought we'd try something a little different with our save updates and give one of us the opportunity to uh, really sell it uh, while the rest of us obviously critique it. This week, we're going to take a closer look at Dave's Wolves save. Uh, because obviously for reasons. Uh, he's a few seasons in and I'd be interesting to hear how the Wolves researcher feels about how his beloved Wolves are replicated in the game uh, by him. So Dave, uh, tell us about your save. Well, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Um, yeah, like you say, we are uh, two seasons, just finished the second season over the last day or so. Um, very successful starts. Um, we finished third in season one. We finished third in season two. Uh, lots of money spent, lots of money received. Um, obviously, if anyone wants to look more in depth at them, there's like little reviews on YouTube as well. But yeah, season one, I went in there really with no major, um, I don't know, major thoughts about what I wanted to do. I just wanted to really get the, the team back into European football, picked a style and system that we wanted to play, seemed to work out quite well. Got players performing that I didn't think I'd get performing. Um, but I think I've been quite ruthless this year in terms of uh, we might talk a bit, a bit more about transfers and stuff later but I think I've been a bit more ruthless with players that even if I don't think they're elite or good enough to take us to the next level I'm cashing in quite quickly um, I know we're going to be doing a creative spotlight later on but there's one video that's really ins almost inspired me to, to, to take that approach is, and I know it sounds weird that I'm bigging up a Lelujo football manager video but uh, <laughs> it was his video about how he spent money with instalments but what what intrigued me was how he was selling players and I think we all know how to offer players out and sell players but the way he did it um, just was a little bit different to how I did it so like I say that if, even if a player wasn't getting a massive amount of game time um, I just offer them out unspecified fee and I was getting some major offers for players I didn't think would, I'd get close to that sort of money for so yeah, very, we're really ruthless in that in that sense, but that allowed me to change the team up quite a lot. Keeps the game quite fresh and exciting. Maybe 10 years ago, I always used to do it, where I would have one team one season and then the next season, it would almost be a completely different 11 because I used to sell and buy players all the time. Obviously, you've got to be a bit more careful with that now with familiarity, morale, a lot more sort of prominent, but um, I'm still doing that quite a bit but really enjoying it overall. Uh, like I say, third, uh, third in the first season. Um, so obviously qualifying for the Champions League. We could have won the title, but bottled it sort of the last month of the season. Got to an FA Cup final, which I felt we should have won. But again, we just were disastrous in the final. And this season got to a Champions League final, which again was completely unexpected. Had a tough group of PSG, Dortmund. Um, I want to say someone like Shakhtar, but I don't think it was. Uh, but someone... Uh, yeah, it was, uh, I can't remember, but someone of that sort of uh, ilk, really. Um, smashed Dortmund. Like, we struggled against PSG, but we absolutely dicked Dortmund. And I'm not sure what it was. We beat them, I think, 5-0 twice. Um, beat Juve, beat Real Madrid and got to the final against Man City, who had a caretaker manager. And they absolutely bodied us in the final. I was fuming, really. Um <laughs> But yeah, really good so far, and I'm hoping for another big season uh, next year. I think third, two f consecutive third place finishes. It's going to be tough to break the top two, but I'm confident we can maybe try and give it a good go. Who from the uh, initial Wolves squad has been a highlight for you? Any particular standout players that um, have, have overperformed, maybe or? Oh man, it's got to be it's got to be a Dharma Traore. He has been ridiculous. So. Um, first season, we played him in a front three as a pressing forward and he's grabbed 35 goals, I think, in all competitions. 
which was mad. I really didn't expect it, but the pace, uh, I, I really, I'm really enjoying the match engine. But to watch him use that 20 acceleration, 20 pace is unbelievable, man. And like the season just gone, uh, he got goal of the season. Uh, I think I'll highlight it on the the review video where he just picked. I think we clear like we defend a corner and he picks it up on the edge of our own box and just runs the length of the pitch and smashes it in. It's just like a ridiculous goal and. Um, but yeah, he's been brilliant. Even the the second season, uh, we signed Greenwood, which again was a, a crazy signing. Uh, spotted that, I, I, like I said, I'm, I'm being a bit more clever. I think with transfers, I saw that Greenwood was a little bit unhappy at United because he didn't have a new contract. So I inquired. I think his agent was sort of happy to to open talks because you know we were a team that had just qualified for the Champions League as well. So we managed to get Greenwood. It was it was quite expensive. Um, but Greenwood took the limelight for, for maybe, I'd say, three quarters of the season. And Adama was still scoring goals, but I don't think he was um, not not as prominent as he was in season one. And then Greenwood got quite a long-term injury, saw him out for the rest of the season, and Adama just fired up. He scored like five goals against Spurs or something like that. And in the end, I think he's got close to 35 goals again this season. So there's not a lot now in terms of players. We had Jimenez, we've still got Willy Bolly. Uh, we had Patricio, but in terms of players from the original squad, we've moved it on so quickly in just just over like well two seasons. It's the squad's almost unrecognisable already. Obviously, you're the uh, the Wolves researcher, the football manager. I think that's fairly widely yeah. known now. Uh, and and I remember, um, well, you, you were sort of saying without giving anything away, obviously, you know, but you were sort of saying that you were struggling to maybe get the balance of Adama's attributes right. Obviously, pace being such an important part of his game, but you know, you had to sort of find balance elsewhere. Um, mm. Do you think maybe that balance is slightly off then? I, I don't know because I mean, I think it just shows how powerful and how important pace and acceleration can be if you use it correctly. Like, say for argument's sake, with the free up top, to be honest, the free up top is obviously. It's good because when you break, if you're playing a team with pushing fullbacks as well, you've got three strikers versus two centre-backs straight away. So you're winning that situation already. So almost the two other strikers that I've got are dragging the other two away and it's just allowing Adama to run. The bloke's got like 10 finishing and his composure's not great either. So it is quite surprising that he's scoring the amount of goals. But I think I've had joy over the last couple of years with quick players. I think pace is it's same in football though. Like pace is important. Adama could, you know, Adama could get through on goal ten times a game and he might only score one or two goals uh out of ten shots, but he's still getting those opportunities all the time. So I don't think there's an issue as such with his attributes. I think his attributes are pretty accurate in terms of uh what I would want them to be as a researcher. Um but I just think pace is really a, a really important attribute this year. I was going to follow up Curtis' question there and say, is it three up top kind of powerful or is it Adama's attributes that kind of make him as good as he is in, in your game? Probably a bit moment? of both. Because a lot of people, much like um, Tariq Lamptey, said that the attributes were wrong and they're both like extremely pacey players. And when you look at their other attributes away from pace and acceleration, they look poor. But obviously the, mm-hmm. it all kind of... It, the way it works as a multiplier still makes him an effective player. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's a bit of both. I think it's a bit of both. The the free up top is, I'll be honest, is a very good tactic. Uh, the only reason I'm carried on using it is because I'm really enjoying using it at the moment. You I think like as soon twice. as yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so as soon as as soon as I finish this save, I'll be going to something completely different, trying something brand new. Um, but yeah, there's two things. I think, well, yeah, the free up top is powerful, but at the same time, I don't think I'd score enough go- uh, as many goals as I do. The pace is such a huge factor. If I had a good striker there with 12, uh, with maybe 12 acceleration, 12 pace, I don't think I'd score the amount of goals that I do. Mbappe? Uh, just because of... What, huh? Imagine if you had Mbappe. Mbappe. Yeah, I mean, someone like that, I, I would win the league. Mm. Uh, I'm fairly confident of that. But Adama is like... We, we score so many goals because we counter teams and a huge reason for that is obviously I've added Greenwood on the left who's got that little bit of pace. He was unbelievable by the way. Like He got injured for the last quarter of the season. He only played 29 league games and still finished top goal scorer in the league. Um, uh, but because of the pace of Adama it helps. But like you say with Tariq Lamptey as well, I think 
people have now found it's pretty obvious that pace is such a huge weighting factor with attributes. Like as a researcher, that's one of the hardest things in terms of picking attributes of players. Because I think uh, Alfonso Davis as well. I've looked at him this year. You could uh, you could argue he's one of the best left backs in the world, a European champion. But I think he's really underwhelming this year on Football Manager. But again, I think that's because of the pay. They've had to up his current ability, but because his pace and acceleration is so high, it's so hard to balance out the players. You spoke a lot about Adama there, Dave. Um, yeah. From the original squad that you had, is Ad is Adama your most standout, or is there anyone else that's kind of really stood out for you? <laughs> Yeah, like Adama is number one. Uh, Jimenez was good. Jimenez, I mean, I have just sold Jimenez because he missed a penalty in the Champions League final. I just transfer listed him straight away. <laughs> I was hoping you would ask, yeah. you would answer yeah. that. Yeah, just, yeah. just quickly, yeah. just because he's waiting. What, what attribute has Jimenez got for penalty taking? 20 penalty taking. 20 penalty. I said, <laughs> we won the penalty. Out yeah. of what, Dave? Yeah. <laughs> Out of 20, mate, we had a penalty, we won 0 down. I was like, yes, penalty, penalty. Him and has 20 penalty taken. And he didn't even get it on target, man. He put it wide. <laughs> we trained penalties the day before. Doesn't like big matches. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and he put it wide. And to be fair, it happened in the Pentagon Challenge. Um, the first final we lost with Real Madrid, we had a guy, his name came to me yesterday, Roberto Ayman's his name was, and he missed the penalty, which cost us the game. And I sold him and we, we were better for it. So Jimenez was, he was, mate, I looked at his attributes and they were unbelievable. Um, but he was 31, so and his value was like 40 million. So I got 35 million for him, which I was happy with. Um, and we've been able to obviously reinvest that. But um, yeah, we, we've held on to Patricio's just left, to be fair, but he was very good in goal. I've released him just because, again, he wanted quite a little bit of money and he's a little bit older now. Matinho's just left again just because of money. But I think the main players I've got from the original squad that are still first team members are Bolly. And Adama, and I think that's it. Like and, and no, uh, Samedo as well. Sorry, Samedo as well. But we've got we've got fringe players. But a lot of the others, Cody, I've sold. Uh, Max Kilman, I've sold because he was just a backup. But yeah, I just want like like I said, I think like I'm I'm not holding any room for sentiment now. I'm just like I want the the next best player. So yeah. Well, that that brings me nicely onto my next question. Obviously, you talked about being ruthless with some of these players. Adama has been your star man. What yeah. sort of, what sort of numbers are we talking about? What sort of <laughs> what sort of numbers are we talking about if some one of the big boys starts sniffing well, around? It's been well, two years. We've already had some serious inquiries for him. So um I said it I think said first season, when he was still doing all right first season, I said hundred million I I would take. Um we had an offer of I always like negotiations with big teams. Like Madrid was sniffing around him and they put a 40 mil bid in. So I said, no, I want 100 mil. And they negotiated up straight away. Instead of pulling away, they negotiated up. I said, right, I'm getting what I want for him now. Because I know when, if, if you go like 60, 70 million over the asking price and they pull away straight away, they obviously don't want to spend the money. But when they're negotiating again, you know, they've, they've got it. They, they want to spend the money. So I think I got Madrid up to 75 million. And I still thought it's a little bit, less than what I want to do, especially when we're doing so well in the season. So I pulled away from that. And I think the following year, Spurs, I got Spurs up to about the same sort of amount, rejected that. He wasn't too happy. And then Real Madrid and Barcelona came with a loan offer for me to pay the wages. I was like, what the fuck is this? So <laughs> I said, what the hell is it? My star player. Like, I'm having a lot of that though. Like Fabio Silva, the first season, scored 20 goals in the Prem. I had championship clubs loan offer for him. I said, why am I going to loan have you out heard a heard of Julian Fober? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. I said like, why, why would I loan out a striker who's got 20 Prem goals to a championship team? It didn't make much sense, but um, we had the same with Neves. Obviously, Neves is gone. He went in January, but as soon as the first transfer window closed at the start of the second season, I was having news items probably every fortnight saying Man City were, were watching him. I was having De Bruyne talk to the press about Neves. I was having City scouts come to, to watch Neves. So I thought, I know as soon as January hits, we're going to have a deal, like a, a bids and stuff. But I knew Neves, Neves was unbelievable. Again, his attributes are class, but I knew... I would want what I would get what I wanted for him. So City, I think initially bid about 50 million, 50, 60 million. So I thought that's a good amount of money straight away, like on the table. So I said, all right, I want 120 million. They went up. I thought, right, they, they want to play. So I, they got me down to 100 million all up front. I, I know Joe said in the chat at the time, why the hell haven't you put on a sell on fee or whatever? Um, but 100 million all, all up front, I thought, I can't reject it. Like, uh, I, I remember I put it on Twitter and someone said, you should ask for 90 million. 
was like, I think he must have read the the top line where they initially offered like forty million because he was like, I was like, I've just got hundred million. But yeah, Neves went. I didn't quite directly replace him how I wanted to during that January, but still a mad. He can't reject hundred million, man. It was it was ridiculous. Dave's a wheeler dealer. He's starting to sound like yeah, it's yeah. more and more like Joe. I was going to say, proud of you, son. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but like I've said it since as soon as the like when the features got announced about the finances and stuff and just like even when we were playing the early stages of the beta and I was looking at or beta, sorry, however anyone wants to pronounce it, I was looking at some of the players that are available and people like like all of us I think have started structuring deals a lot more cleverly and then even watching the video that like people like Kev have done, I've just thought, you know what, after a couple of seasons, if you're savvy with your money this year you could build a stupidly good squad, and that's what we've that's what we've done. Like, uh, and we may come on to it again in a, in a second. I had uh, at the I was chasing Ronaldo for the whole of that second season. I just thought it's always been like I know it sounds weird, a dream to have Ronaldo at Wolves on Football Manager. Like I've always like wanted it, like and, a legit uh, signing rather than just uh, I moved. Yeah, into yeah, exactly. Wolves yeah, in uh, FM fourteen when we're still in League One. How yeah. does he do? Yeah, so yeah, exactly. So he was out of contract at the end of the season. And he got transfer listed really on in the second season by Juventus for about five million ish because his contract was up. He's, he was on a million pound a week at Juve, so I um, I I bid uh, I bid for him. Obviously, had it accepted, and he didn't want to join. Fair enough. So throughout between summer and January, I was chasing him, similar to what Man City did, put him as my top target, talking to the press about him, and like he kept saying he how much he appreciated the uh, the interest, but he wasn't quite, you know, wasn't still quite convinced. So I went for him again in Jan, had loan bids accepted, and he wouldn't join. So in the end, I had to wait for him to his contract to expire. Neymar's contract expired as well in the same summer. So I, I approached Ronaldo right at the end of the season, or I spoke to his agent, said he still didn't want to join. But when it expired, I approached him and he wanted 700 grand a week. I thought, as much as I want him, I can't afford that. So I put him on trial instead. A week on trial, I approached to sign him and he said, yeah, I'll I'll have 150 grand a week. I was like, what? So within a week, you've gone from 700 grand a week to 150 grand a week. Same as Neymar, took him on trial, 150 grand a week. I was rubbing my hands together, man. I thought, like, if I could spend only 300 grand on two of the best players in the world here... Oh, it's going to be ridiculous. So I had them waited about three or four days and I thought, oh my God, we're going to like, it's going to look crazy on Twitter, but I'm about to sign Neymar and, and um, Ronaldo. Um, and then PSG came in for Ronaldo and Name, uh, Man United came in for Neymar. I was like, no. <laughs> Went back to the agents uh, twice and gave them bigger contracts twice. And in the end, they both went to the other team. So I was good. So uh, Ronaldo went to PSG as an impact sub. And he was going to be my, I said, you'll be a star player and my captain. And uh, Neymar went to United as a squad player. So, um, and he was going to be my vice captain. But we've gone with, we've, we've gunned the old FM21 route now. I've signed Haaland instead. So, <laughs> yolo. Cheat code. Yeah, yeah, cheat code. Uh, when well, you going with these older players, are you, um, what, what's your long-term plan with this, mate? With, with Wolves, are you planning on kind of riding some of the youth through or is it just literally by the old great players and that'll do? <laughs> Well, to be fair, a lot of the players that I am signing, so like your Greenwood straight away is probably the key player. Uh, Renato Sanchez I'd signed previously as well. A lot of the defenders, a lot of the players are a lot younger. I think the Ronaldo thing just came up because I thought, oh my God, it's Ronaldo. And that, like like I said, it sounds daft, but I've always wanted to sign it for Wolves. Same with the Messi thing. Like, I've, To be fair, I think Messi signed a new contract to Barca, but if, if he's available at whatever club you're managing, you're going to sign him, aren't you? Even if he's as a backup. Um, so... Yeah, I didn't really want to sign Haaland, if I'm honest. Not because a lot of people are using him, but because at the time, I had, it was a lot of money. I activated his release clause, which was about £78 million all up front. So it's a big chunk of money at once. And he, he's, his wage is about two hundred and fifty grand a week. But then you do look at his attributes, and he's only 21, so he's going to get better as well. I do think he's going to be a beast. I'm still trying to figure out how to play him because I've got Greenwood, Adama, Fabio Silva, who I don't really want to keep chucking in and out of the team, and Haaland now. So... Um, I mean, with the champ- <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think with the um, with the Champions League and cups and stuff, that was my big issue. The start of the season, uh, second season, was fitness. They couldn't cope with two games, two or three games a week. It was mad. They were really struggling. So I think, like I said, with the elite players, like I couldn't even afford to drop my best players for the league because they were dropping points. Um, in the end, second season, United and Liverpool were way above me, even though I finished third. So I think that's what I need to focus on this summer, just getting in top quality players for each position. Are you looking to maybe move away from the Portuguese bias? 
because uh, obviously Haaland is one, but then <laughs> thinking, and I, I guess you've lost a couple as well. Well, the thing yeah. is, I think I've only signed because there's a club culture on FM that the board want you to sign Portuguese players. Um, <laughs> sure. And the memes. It, it sounds good at the start, but we'll oh my god, it's an absolute name. nightmare. Uh, I know, but the, it, it it has its it, its perks because. Um, I'll tell you, well, I think the only major Portuguese player I've signed is Renato Sanchez. I've not signed any others off the top of my head um, as much as I wanted to. And that's why I sort of wanted to go to Ronaldo as well. Mm. So I went to in, I signed a new libero in January. I think initially I went for Ed Militao from Madrid because he was he was available. Well, or he, he talked to us because he came up as interested. So I structured a deal and in the end, with instalments, it was worth up to £95 million. So a ridiculous amount of money, obviously paying a load in over the next three years. And then the board came to me and said, we're not signing enough Portuguese players, so we don't want to sanction the deal. So I spoke to them and even after I spoke to them, they cancelled the deal. I was like, oh, fuck's sake, like, you know, going to have to look at someone else. I signed a guy called, uh, called I think he was Bubakar Kamara from Marseille in the end, really good player. And then on deadline day of January transfer window, Ed Emily Tao was available for sixteen million pounds after I just bid ninety-five million pounds for him, like overall. <laughs> so I bid, got accepted, and the board came to me again. Oh, we don't want Portuguese players. And I said, like, look, he's gonna be class. And the board were like, all right, yeah, I understand that. And let me go through with a sixteen million pound bid, where just like, two so weeks before uh, I was about to spend ninety-five million. It was that's mad. That's where the game knows what's yeah. happening. It's it's uh... But it's, even it's the Har- you there. even the Harland one though Narrative. the Harland Harland one got confirmed. I'm like, 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 I'm like, I know it's a lot of money, but it's a great signing. And it goes, um, it said something about because he's not Portuguese, it's going to take a lot to convince the board that he's worth the money and stuff like that. So, <laughs> I know, I know. Obviously, you know, we've put you under the spotlight this week, but this is like the 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 most excited I've heard you uh, heard you speak <laughs> about a save in a while. You're obviously like, you're obviously buzzing about it. Yeah, mate, I'm I'm really into it. Like, obviously, with the whole streaming thing, uh, really enjoying streaming and stuff. Obviously, I'm back at work next week, and I think that's a big factor that I've been able to sort of still do a little bit of work in the morning. Like, the only time I'm playing Football Manager now is when I'm streaming. Whereas last year, I'd do a YouTube save. I had my Pentagon Challenge, like that was took up at the time a lot of hours and stuff. So, like this one, I know the tactic. You know, it's uh, we're having a little bit of fun with it and stuff. But I'm genuinely enjoying it. We're winning games, signing players I'll never normally manage, look, making Wolves look great as well. I'm not saying they're bad in real life, but like making them look really good. Um, we're just enjoying it in in general. So yeah, having loads of fun with it. One thing I will say, Dave, if you if if anyone that's listening hasn't watched Dave's stream. Highly recommend it. It's very fun. Uh, it's very entertaining watching all of his Wolves mates in chat telling him what to do <laughs> and who's to sign in there. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's it, to be fair, this week it's been very enjoyable watching it, man. So, like like Cody said, just to back what Cody's saying, like, it's nice to see you proper proper buzzing. Nah. And to be fair, the game helps. It's a new game and it's yeah. a good game, right? All right, mate. I'm, right, yeah, like, I'm really enjoying it. Like I said, the match engine is like a world, uh, worlds apart from the others. Like, I've been doing, some people may have seen it on social media, there was, there was like a... A little uh, lock, uh, lockdown tournament that was was put in place by sort of uh, FM editor and uh, Out of Context FM, which I've been a part of. And due to obviously it being announced, a lot of people that had the free game on Epic Games FM Twenty, um, so they said, right, we'll do it on FM Twenty because everyone's got FM Twenty. And the fact that I've got to play FM Twenty One and then of an evening go back to FM Twenty, it is disgusting. Like how different it is. It is <laughs> I'm playing FM Twenty and I'm looking at it, I'm like, this is shit, man. This is whack. Like I'm using that whack. word again. This is whack. I, love like, that word. <laughs> I said this is whack. So yeah, really, uh, really enjoying the new game. But just like everything, I think I'm just being a bit more clever with everything. And I'm sure, like obviously, the the topics that we're going to talk about later on in the podcast is, again with the creator stuff is. Is something that I need to dive into a little bit more uh, on the on the spoilers, but sort of training side of things. Being a proper little content whore at the moment, aren't you? You got your stream. Yeah. You've done your squawker video that you haven't mentioned today. Yeah, it's quite uh, a big deal. Yeah. Million followers on Twitter. That's kind of a big yeah, deal. Squawker, yeah. Bit of YouTube, but, yeah. and then you're doing the the social pod as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now the uh, the squawker one, they wanted me to do stuff for them like later last year, but it's mainly tactic stuff. And you guys know I'm not like. I'm not overly tactical savvy, to be fair. So I mean, it's a great tactic you've built three yeah. up top. Yeah. Wolves <laughs> <laughs> uh, take two six, third place finishes. Yeah. FM yeah. 17 likes this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, just doing a, little, a few little things for them. But again, it's just different things. Like, I know the, the first video I did for them was a Wonder Kid one. Um, but it was Wonder Kids, like people had sort of 
never heard of as such. A lot of us would have heard of most of them because they're sort of FM, good FM players. Um, but it was good just to learn again about different players that I wouldn't normally look into um, and see some play like people, like a lot of Portuguese people jumping on it because there were loads of Portuguese <laughs> players on there as normal. But like sure. Nuno Mendes was on there. But yeah, really good fun. Uh, well, talking of the social podcast, I've had quite a few guests on this week and you've <laughs> you've spoken to uh, I think it's a couple of ex-footballers but particularly Reese Bennett's been the more recent one obviously we're recording this on the Thursday uh, did he have any like interesting stories that you can obviously this will be out after the actual pod so no spoilers officially no yeah Reese Bennett was on we've had uh, obviously uh, Craig Tanner who's playing for all the shot we've had a couple of uh, people working a bit more senior in football like Matt Neal as well who's a recruitment analyst at uh, Salford but yeah uh, Reese Bennett the re- most recent one we've had some good discussions with him obviously his time currently at Carlisle his time during lockdown his struggles and stuff um, but his time at Peterborough as well talking about um, Steve or Steve Evans as well talking to him Stark bollock naked, talking to him, give him a give him a bollocking as well in the dressing room. <laughs> well, uh, talking to bollockings, <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Below the Belt Grooming, yeah. who are on a mission to eradicate sweaty balls, and they have the perfect gift for any father, son, partner, or colleague who wants to keep his jingle balls fresh and dry this Christmas. Below the Belt's festive range includes the Nutcracker gift set, which includes the Fresh and Dry Balls XL, specially formulated to keep your balls sweat and odour free. In addition to the Nutcracker, the Fresh Pant gift set is the ultimate stocking filler and ideal for stopping your chestnuts from roasting this Christmas. You'll also find a whole host of other men's grooming products over on their website, btgrooming.co.uk. We've got a special offer for all of our podcast listeners as well. You can get 10% off their fantastic range of products by using code POTENTIAL over on their website, which is btgrooming.co.uk. That's code POTENTIAL for 10% off all products at btgrooming.co.uk. Wave goodbye to sweaty balls and say hello to fresh and dry balls with below-the-belt grooming. Right. Yes. Yes. (laughs) One take. (laughs) It's almost like I do this for a living, isn't it? <laughs> do you? <laughs> I don't know. I've never mentioned it before. Uh, remember this, uh, the spotlight, folks. Uh, many, many episodes ago, we toyed with the idea of using the podcast to promote a piece of content every now and again, or maybe a creator that we think you'd like. And this week, we've gone with friend of the show, Fox in the Box FM, and the brilliant training videos that he's released this week. So take it away, Foxy. Hey guys, Foxy here. I hope you're all well. Make sure you do subscribe over here though on this pod to the Five Star Potential, the best FM podcast out there. But I have been asked to tell you a little bit about my four-part series for training. Beginning with the differences between match training and general training, we then move into looking at how individual training works and then interlinks into general training, team training, and individual training. Dispelling all kinds of myths and unraveling all kinds of misconceptions, we eventually wrap the series up in part four with changing the training that we set earlier in part one from what we've learned. You could consider this like a guided discovery where there are mistakes made in episode one right at the beginning, which are then corrected in episode four via what we've learned along the way. Thank you to the pod guys and what they've been doing over there, especially over lockdown. Be safe for the festive period and enjoy your training. Right, so we all went and, uh, I guess, critiqued or at least viewed over Fox's videos. So, gents, uh, we'll go around the room. What are your sort of main takeaways from the videos? So, uh, just to just to add context, the, the four videos are his Don't Leave Your Assistant to Do Training in FM21, uh, Misconceptions with Individual Training, Without This Your Training Won't Work, and Training What I've Learned and How I'm Changing. Excellent clickbait titles, Foxy. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> um or you just need you just need uh, didn't work or fake news or something like that in brackets after gone it. Gone wrong, yeah. It, gone wrong, yeah. <laughs> Hit the jackpot and all yeah. of them. I set my training. training gone I can't wrong. believe what yeah. happened next. Yeah. <laughs> and this happened. Dot dot dot. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the hands of that yeah. the Macaulay Culkin face. <laughs> my favourite. Anyway, yeah. Uh, apart from apart from the clickbait titles, which I mean, to be honest, they work. So kudos. But uh, what are our main takeaways? 
Shall I? Oh, I mean, it's, uh, we put our hands up. Who who wants to go first? Because I mean, I've I've got a fair amount of notes which aren't in really any order aside from uh, sort of in the order I watch the videos. But I have a quite a good take on takeaways, Matt. So it's probably good that I go first. <laughs> what they're not um, so good in Simon's test. <laughs> <laughs> do you know? I really. Do you know? I have to admit, I really enjoyed it. I, I'm I'm one of those people. I actually really got into training last year um, in FM20. Uh, I did my own training all throughout the Palermo save, and I genuinely think that it kind of gave me an edge at times. I do it slightly different to, to, to Foxy, but what, one of the things I did learn, I did learn a lot in video two about the misconceptions, um, about the individual roles, and it, it really did open my eyes to a few things that actually, when I get the game open tomorrow night on stream, I think I might have a little look and go, actually, I could probably tweak that, tweak that, and tweak that. Um, but it's always been something that I think a lot of the community have asked for, the, the training to be enhanced the training to be improved and nobody's really got a good grip on it out there or nobody's put a very good set of videos like this out and i think this is why this has done so well and it's i think a lot of people are going to have their eyes open to how beneficial training can be for them because of this so um i mean the main takeaway i took was um was solely that fact that the the individual training and the misconceptions that i had so that title spot on because i did have a lot and I think you can tell as well that he's gone away and he's done his homework as well because there is a lot of information in there that he's got by asking the right questions. Um, and I think even like you say, you've done your own training and you know what you think works. I mean, mm. if if you're someone that does training and you believe in the results that you're getting, it just gives you that ability to just go through and say, how's someone else doing it? Is there anything I can change? Can I make it better? Can I do something like that? So kind of all the videos are very... If you've spent time in training and you have read the kind of hand-holding cards that are in there, I think you can kind of get a grip of it. But you watch a lot of people and what they do, and they certainly don't do what are in those videos. So I just think it was a good refresher for people that have done their own training. Just take a look at all the videos and just have a look and see what you can do better. I think as someone who has done zero training, I think watching them has actually given me the push to do it. That I was like that that misconceptions one I watched I think it's the third one which is when it goes through individual training normally I would go in and just leave training on assistant manager and I'll be like I'll do the individual training because that's the bit that really matters uh, and then watching through and realizing oh crap literally I've been ineffective completely in anything I've been trying to do so the very little amount I was doing wasn't doing anything according to what's been set up on the schedule so actually watching them is kind of just giving me the little push to probably say, ah, maybe I should be looking in, even if it's just on those monthly inboxes that come through, tweaking certain bits for match preparation, tweaking certain bits. If I do want to just do individual training, at least put the individual training slots into the team schedule so they have some impact. Um, so I think as someone who's stayed well away from it, um, actually watching them has made me think, ah, even if I do the small amount, I should be doing at least something. Otherwise, I'm essentially doing nothing. I think I think one thing I will probably do uh, is is definitely watch them again and watch them again whilst I've got my save file open and kind of have a little tweak and because there's a lot of like you said a lot of information to take and to be fair Matt I'm not like you I didn't take notes I took mental notes it's all up here which is why I'm <laughs> I, I waffle a little bit to try and get to my answers um, and to be fair I th there's a lot there that I would like to go back through and go actually. I see he mentioned that, right? So hang on, I'm I'm doing something completely different. So let's let's maybe do a little bit of a trial, and maybe this next couple of weeks I'll run it like this. But um, like you said, Joe, like the research that's been put into this and the time that's been put into this, yes, there's three fifteen, four fifteen minute videos ish. That's an hour's uh, an hour's worth of content behind the scenes. Absolute 10, 20, 30 fold of what he's had to put into those those videos. Did anyone else? You know that the training blocks. Obviously, you have like the the three sections. I don't know if anyone else yeah. watching went, fuck me, he fills up a lot of those blocks. Like mm. I've always I been, a, I've, I've been a, oh, yeah. I've always been a two. I feel two and then yeah, on like, mm. maybe twice a week, it, depending on match load, I'd go to a three, but the three would only ever be like the, the, um, cohesion. Yeah. The team, the team bonding, team and, bonding and things stuff. like that. Like yeah. the kind of non, what I would class physical, um, boxing. I'm, I'm looking at going blind me. Maybe I could add more in to having like three session days rather than what I predominantly use is just two. Mm. Well, it's it was uh, it's weird going from like last year. Obviously, I, the only save I did was with Blackburn Olympic, and being part time, you don't have any training at all, so I couldn't really use it. And then now, sort of, this is these videos have come out at the perfect time for me. But it is it's it's crazy 
the difference between like what part-time and full-time training can give you because you get like i think you get three half days i think in in part-time and then if you get a match day it really screws everything so um but the one the main main thing i took from that was about the the assistant manager's role in the training if you do leave him and that that was the one of the like i didn't i don't know why it didn't sort of tweak in or twig in my head but like they set their training based on their own preferences mm-hmm. and and how they want to play so if you want the assistant manager to actually be good at the training that that actually me makes or gives meaning to signing assistant ma- an assistant manager that actually fits in with your philosophy so then obviously it, it ties the training in with other important parts of of the game which you would never have thought of I'm, I'm very guilty for that joe before sorry to kind of jump back to what joe was saying but i i if i've got extra sessions every every day like genuinely like i give them i think i give them one day rest or, or one session rest of not having an extra session and that is game around the game weekend but i mean don't get me wrong i have a uh quite a high turnover of injuries in my team and that's probably why because we push them to the thing but I always normally I like to buy a younger squad so I feel that the more training that I do with my team is going to help benefit them in the future help benefit me in the future get the most out of those players so that's probably why I do that but I do feel oh, I'm just looking at them now I've got the game open I feel literally everyone apart from the one after match review like yeah you can have a rest there lads <laughs> Now, to be fair, I've been on with Joe. I think I've always been somebody to only fill up two of the blocks rather than the three. But what I think it has, it has done with stuff like that is just almost made me realise how lazy I've got with the game in some elements. I think when when training first came out, I think I think a lot of people played with it a little bit. But and I'm sure I'm not the only one that's guilty of it. That you know we we don't really we've not really touched it ever since. Um, and the same with like. Same with that and it, same with coaches. I think in the last couple of times I've played football manager as well, especially with Wolves, you know, we've, yeah, we've had two third place finishes, but what are the things we can do to push us higher or do better in certain competitions? Yeah, we yeah we could sign players, but what about the coaches and what about the training? Because I don't take enough concentration in training. There was a little bit on one of the videos where he was actually, yeah, you look at it, oh yeah, we'll, we'll do attacking corners, or yeah, we'll do this, we'll do that. But then when you actually read the small print, that isn't going to affect the next game. You're going to have to do that training slot three or four times before it's going to take any effect on on any of the players. So um, what I think it has done is just made me realise, right, I need to stop being lazy with this. It's made me realise, right, I need a big coaching and staff overhaul because I'm lazy with that sort of thing as well. So there is a little bit, little parts of the game. I think, you know, we've all been playing the game for at least... 13 plus years I think off the top of my head um, and I think w- w- there's videos or content like that w- w- which we all think right I'm not going to read that I'm not going to watch that I don't need to because I know what I'm doing but then when we all watch that even the stuff like Kev I knew how to do all the instalments and how to sell players but watching someone else do it just gives you that little bit more knowledge and just helps you a lot more and I think it'll stuff little stuff with training we might not follow do you know Foxy's way might not be the correct way or but it's certainly giving us a helping hand same as Jose Marino's training is not always going to be perfect, but if you take elements of his training, it's definitely going to help you out as a as a manager in game as well. So the way I've always structured my training is that I say so say I've got um, a, a one game week, I'll have the recovery session after the the the, the game at the weekend, uh, and then you know kind of ease into the week. So maybe we're we're hitting sort of full like we're maxing out midweek and then tapering off towards the the game so like i'm similar to joe you know like especially during heavy fixture periods i'll have a lot of rest periods in there um if i'm struggling for uh if I've, maybe if i've got a few injuries or whatever then i might add double recovery sessions and stuff like that um, you know what we are that- son you know what we are? What's We're it? 90s what? Premier League football managers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we organise in the Tuesday club. and <laughs> <laughs> But the thing, the thing that stood out most for me, I think, is the... I mean, like, before every game, I'll always have one match preparation. So, you know, we'll, we'll go over the match preview um, and I'll do, like, a ma- one match preparation, whether that's tactics, whether that's teamwork or something like that. But actually, what Foxy was saying about kind of the differences between the match preparation blocks and the just general training blocks is such a big deal. Um, so 
you know, why why wouldn't you have more than one match preparation block? You know, chuck in teamwork, chuck in attacking shape or whatever, chuck in set pieces, um, which affect the upcoming game or, or, or you know, are uh, apply, uh, attached to max prepara- match preparation and then just use your actual training blocks for when you've gone, kind of got that longer gap between matches. Um, so it, it's definitely, I mean, I will, I will still stick to my kind of tapering system, if you like, where I, you know, there's recovery time, then there's, you hit the stride in training and then the, you're tapering off towards the game. But because those match preparation blocks are less intensive than actual training blocks, you can put more of them in. And I'm, I, I think definitely that's how I'll approach it in future. We literally set it up like old men. Because <laughs> I do the same thing. It's all about oh well, you know, Monday's a day, get get the physical stuff done on the Monday. Tuesday we finish early, we get down a pub, uh, and then, then start building up for the match days, you know, getting the physical conditioning back in. Um but I was thinking about what Dave said about like training attacking corners and needing to do it kind of over a few weeks rather than just the week that you want to do it. And I thought something to write down, Dave. Practice penalties for four weeks in a row before a final. <laughs> him and his might convert. My word, yeah. <laughs> well, we'll move on because I think we've kind of we've sort of done the, Blown the headline smoke features. Up his ass. Well, <laughs> I wouldn't say that because it's going to continue slightly. Uh, but it's more about the things that we've we've seen that we're going to use ourselves. And I'll start. There's one thing that I, I was not even aware of, and I think Foxy admitted it in his videos, which is the injury rehab thing. Yes. Yeah. Which was amazing. I, I, I can't believe I, like, I've never seen it before, but uh, like that is an absolute gem. And like when you've got a player who, who's now able to sort of join light training, put him on injury rehab to prevent uh, or at least reduce, mitigate the, their loss of attributes from their sort of injury period, particularly those who have been out for for an extended period but that is a uh, that is uh, one thing that I will absolutely stick with now mm. anyone else have uh, anything else that they get they're, they're actually I mean some of it is confirmation bias of like at least it's sort of it agrees with how I do things already like like the the whole ma- I think it may have even been from one of Fox's older videos or one of his streams from a long while ago when the training was first revamped about the sort of the importance of the map the match prep days and making sure you are getting it in ahead because it's you know you're losing out if you're not um so i've been doing a lot of that for a while anyway um there are some things i i think i think dupes already said about it that they they work for him in the way he works but it's also um that the training module is flexible enough to be able to adjust to however you want to approach it yeah i think a lot of the stuff was just that like it would, um, it's just reading, reading the stuff. Uh, like I said earlier, the small print on some of the stuff was like, some of it would say, I can't remember the actual phrasing, but some of the training blocks would actually affect your match preparation and stuff. Whereas some of the other stuff, like I said earlier, would you'd have to train it a number of times before it's going to have any major effect. And his pre-season stuff as well. He would set up pre set up preseason completely different to, to how I normally would. You'd think like first week we'll do all the fitness work, try and get their fitness up. But he was doing loads of match practice and stuff like that to get their sharpness and they're still doing their fitness and stuff like that. So it's just actually a lot of it is common sense really. Have a good look what is out there and what's actually gonna make most sense for you in the long term. Yeah, I think that last bit exactly that. I think a lot of what you were saying is he's he's telling you to go and look and read and set it up the way you want to set it up. He's not saying copy me because his way, like his preseason was, I will have two games a week in preseason yeah, yeah. rather than do fitness and a game. I prefer to have two games. If you're having two games a week, don't do fitness. Like just pick your style. So like same as you, read and go through it. And that piece around the difference between training and match prep and actually setting up schedules a bit like Kurt was saying. I think I, I went to do it the first time around, kind of pissed around a bit and left it. But now I think I'll go back and set a base training schedule that just says, for my tactic, if I am playing four set pieces, maybe I should be training set pieces as well. Like if that's part of my tactic, I should be going for it. And if I'm setting up it more defensively, maybe I should be training it more defensively as well. Um, I did like the bits he was talking about shifting players between groups as well. Um, but again, I think I'll start slim, create a schedule that says, okay, let me just at least set a training schedule that matches, for, for base training, matches my tactic at least, and then add the match prep in and then see how much I want to tweak going on from there to try and take it a little piece at a time. 
and I'm I'm with you there because I was going to say like the the match preparation side of it for friendlies. Like I'm I still do what I've always done after reading one of Cleon's articles like years ago about match preparation, tactical familiarity for preseason, and I probably haven't spent enough time looking at the training schedules, how they've adapted to see if I can make it even better. So that's something that I would go back and refer to. But one of the things that I would kind of, from Foxy's videos, he uses a lot of the similar training elements, like overall outfield. He uses them a lot. That's not to say that the others don't work. So don't be kind of put off going, I have to copy what he's doing. Just try and find what you what works. And it's just like you say, read what it says and does it benefit your team? See, whenever I build a new tactic, I now I go through and I read every role and work out whether I want that role. I can't remember who told me it was a good idea to do it, and I, I now stuck in the habit. But I've never done that with the training. Mm, I've just read the headline and just gone, right, that works, that works, that works. So one thing I'm going to definitely do is go, actually, let's sit down and let's read everything and find out what I'm doing. Because at the moment, I'm I'm pretty much going in blind. And, and I feel that with that extra bit of information, a lot more can come from this. So is there anything that we'd do differently or uh, that would, like, complement the videos that are already there or is there anything that you like i guess <laughs> vehemently disagree with that he's put out there i get I, I think i mean i'll let curty lead and then we can we can go around the room i i, I not to go into too much detail because you know people should go and watch the videos but i you know certainly i think it's interesting to hear everyone here talk about what they've taken from it and maybe even slightly things that we've interpreted differently or or what have you i mean like i say I'm I will be adjusting certainly match preparation schedules uh ar around it. I mean like some of the individual stuff I, I you know I kind of I knew that already although I didn't know and that's again through failing to read things is that only certain sessions affect the uh like the role training or you know individual attribute training essentially. So that was really interesting to me. So uh, yeah I think for me, like getting match preparation right um, is going to be something I'm, I'm going to be focused on the most. No, I think uh, I think some of the the misconceptions were, but I think that was very good and and a good way of uh, sort of clearing up a lot of the th a lot of the things. I think it's also like that. I wouldn't say I necessarily like strongly disagree with it. It's more that I've done it differently, or I I kind of knew it was a thing, but I like like you were saying about the individual role training and some of the training sessions are reliant on those being set for it to sort of work. And I think if you're looking to uh, to treat play or to get players to focus on certain areas, then obviously that's this would make more sense if you've watched the video. But the, uh, you know, being able to boost those attributes in particular, if that is what you're wanting to focus on for those particular players then that's obviously what you want to do um but i kind of covered that by saying sort of it's uh it's adjustable depending on what you want to do and i think ultimately it will allow people greater access to that because like going from old training to new training especially if you haven't even bothered with it previously these videos do they take the training wheels off they make it a lot less daunting and even if you just follow what he does, what Foxy does in, in his videos, you'll probably be better off than just leaving it to your assistant manager and not having it marry up with how you're wanting to play. I think that's perfect. For me, as what someone who... I think I when it started, I jumped in and everyone else did, and then I got quickly bored of it and just threw it aside, and I have not gone back to it. I have never set my schedules and gone through and done it, and I think for this one, it's like really the last bullet. The, the individual one was for me, because I was like... I'll just do individual because I'm assuming that that's going to have an impact and at least it will train him in the positions they're playing. And this is like, for me, the bullet goes, no, you, you at least do it. Even if you're going to do it simply, even if you're going to go really basic with it, at least do something because it's better than, it's definitely better than doing nothing. I think I'm a bit like you, Herb. Like, like I say, touched it when it first came out. I do little tweaks here and there, to be fair. Like if I'm watching a game and we've had three highlights and it's a corner that we've just headed over the bar, I'm like, right, let's let's do loads of set-piece training because I think we might actually score one. 
Um, but stuff like content like this just like realize, makes me realize in just certain areas how lazy I am. Um, and I think it'll be so rewarding when like we go into it. I'm sure a lot of us are going to be playing with training over the next week now. If we're going to add certain elements to our training and we see it paying off and we're getting results or we're beating teams that we wouldn't normally beat, I think it'll become such an addictive little feature that we're like, mm -hmm. right, well, let's, let's do the training because that's obviously worked. So let's carry on doing it. The streamer showdown has just gained three hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Zealand likes this. <laughs> well, uh, okay, well, that, I think that... I'm, that just, I'm just imagining Mumbot going, it's not just Zealand that doesn't... It's in. Her voice. She Welsh. I don't know. I, I don't even... Uh, uh, yeah. I've got no uh, idea. Anyway, we'll, uh, we'll move on. Um, the, we've, we've mentioned one return in the intro. There's also another, Kurt Dizzle. Quizzle time, sunshine. Curtis Quiz! Yes! Holy Straight. shit. I've just got this off Sporkle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Imitation That's is a, a sincerest <laughs> on the flat. I actually sat down and wrote, wrote a quiz. To so be fair, we, I wrote a quiz as well, but you just took it off me, so it's fine. You have oh. it. Uh, back to basics. Ten questions. First to buzz in. Um, there's a couple here with multiple answers. Um, so I will uh, outline what I require in terms of points or half points or whatever. Um, so question number one. Name three of the new touchline shouts that have been added to Herb. FM Herb. Berate, fire up, focus. Correct. Stop the quiz. Go on, Stop son. the quiz. Herb's won. <laughs> <laughs> is that one point or three? That is one point. That is one. Point. <gasps> also, is the Viking Dan rule in place or not? not no, 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 no. Okay. And also, did you send her the answers? <laughs> it's a, if it's a quiz about football manager, it's when it's about real football, I get confused. Right. Question <laughs> number two: What two attributes are considered key for a recruitment analyst? Herb. Herb. No. Judging player ability and analysing data? Correct. What? I had two oh, of them last stream, baby. Let's go. I promise you I did not send I've spent, this. I've spent. <laughs> I've done, I did a nerd. In my, I've not pressed continue my save, so I'm, I'm winning. If, if, this, if this carries on, uh, no one will hear this quiz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this quiz will be <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, right, there are four answers here, so I would require at least two fast, half a point. Go on, Herb, what's the answers? <laughs> In another new role, the head performance analyst requires which key four key attributes? If you get two, you I get know half one. point. Duke. Oh. Judging player ability and tactical knowledge. Yeah, tactical knowledge as well. You gonna have a go at the other two? Uh, determination. It's a bit random. And adaptability. Half a point. Okay. I mean, I, I took a stab with the last two. To be fair. It's all right. Anyone else want to have a go at the other two? No, I knew. I knew What did he say? I can, what was I can I can tell you that he one. did get one. Oh, so tactical. I thought tactical knowledge was one. He said that. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I thought, I was, you know, I was just. Well, it was part of the reason one. you got half a point. Oh, I know. I know it now. Can I come back? Yeah. No. No. Do it for no. me. Tag me in. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Joe. <laughs> um. Go. I can't. I can't do it. I, I can answer when you close it in a second. Is anyone else gonna have a go? No. It's I not adaptable, but it starts with A. Herb. Herb. Analyzing data. There you go. And presenting data. No. Oh. Uh, no. He got, it's he got one. He got one of them. So it's but you need data and something else. Yeah, and I said the other one. Yeah, I know, but That's they don't four. know which one. Oh, they need to say two. Dave. Like, Joe. <laughs> Dave. Dave. <laughs> Analyzing data and determination. Half a point, Dave. Oh, Come on. I didn't know it was a, I didn't know it was a uh, determination, but I knew. Yeah. Oh, Half a point. There uh, we go. Question four. We all know by now that within the, the FM realm, Juventus are known as Zebra or Zebra. 
But what name oh. has Juve manager and general oh. legend Andrea Pirlo been assigned in game? Uh, not a Scooby Doo. No, not looked. No, I know this. I can't remember what Sarri's was. It's hilarious. His his bio is exactly as it should be, but his his name is different. Right, I, I, there's there's one, but it's so much of a stereotype. It's Ivan, but ah, oh, it's like pizza, but it's, that's too. That's that's like xenophobic. I just say pasta. Um, Lemon pasta. Pizza. <laughs> Dave. Dave. Now he said that I'm gonna go Ivan Ivan Piazza. Correct. I knew it was something like that. It's <laughs> weird. I know it's so... Oh my days. Only because you said pizza, I thought I'm gonna have a go. I knew it was like I don't know. Because that's such I an Italian name. Like oh my days. Is it really bad, Curtie? Like his bio and that, is it? No, his bio is like as oh. Andrea Pirlo should be. Just different words. Just, just um just the name is different. What was right. Sarri's now? Because has Sarri still got it? Oh no, he's back. He's back to normal. I was going to say, but he'll be Sarri again. Yeah. Mm. Number five. Talking Sorry, of, can I just ask a quick question? Uh, yeah. Yep. Is it just the manager and the the team name that's different, or is it all the rest of like the staff and the directors? Like, I haven't checked any of the other staff, but just a quick, set, yeah, I, I I don't know that. Has anyone checked out Zlatan yet to see if he's all right? Mo <laughs> 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 about his birthday cake. <laughs> Question five. Talking of football in legends, this week obviously saw the passing of one of the greatest of all time, Diego Armando Maradona. Uh, in 2001, which of Maradona's former clubs retired the number 10 shirt in his honour? <sighs> Dupe. Dupe. Boca. Incorrect. I read Joe. it somewhere. Joe. Napoli. Correct. Oh, mm. They've just named the stadium it. after him as well. Yeah. Yes, yeah, saw that. Um apparently Argentina tried to retire the number ten shirt and FIFA wouldn't let them. Do you see um mm. Andre Vs Burst come out yesterday and said they <laughs> yeah. they should just retire the number ten completely. Yeah, basically. Mm. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Uh, one more Maradona question before we go back to FM21. Uh, Maradona had a brief stint as Argentina manager and was in charge of the national team for one World Cup run in 2010 where he reached the quarterfinals only be to be eliminated by which country? Nerd. Nerd. Germany? Correct. Four, was it 4 nil? Football. Was it 4 nil? Yeah, they, got pretty yeah, they got They got pumped, yeah. A bit closer. Yeah. No, pretty, Very good. pretty emphatic. <laughs> Very good, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Question seven. We're back to FM21 uh, and the community in general. Viking Dan started as journeyman of the Americas this week and is managing which Mexican team? Oh. Joe? Joe. I want to say Guadalajara. Correct. Oh, it's a shout. Universidad de Guadalajara. Same. You in a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I think you just did. <laughs> Question number eight. Which former Soccer AM personality started streaming FM21 dupe? dupe? Uh, Robbie Knox. Robbie Knox is correct. <laughs> oh. Cobblers. I, I didn't know he was on Soccer AM, to be honest. No. <laughs> Uh, question nine. Which Italian journalist made a brief cameo in the FM21 dupe? dupe? Oh, what's his name? Fabrizio Romano. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Thanks, man. I could think, think of his first name, but no, surname. Here we go. Question, <laughs> was that just to stop her from winning? Question <laughs> 10. I, I, I didn't know who that was. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> FM21 was officially released on the 24th of November for PC, Mac and Mobile. But which date is the official Xbox launch? Dave. Dave. 1st of December? Correct. You fucking knew that one. Right. 10 questions asked, 10 answered. Uh, scores in reverse order. In last place, we have Mr. Nerdphonic with one point. 
Like this quiz. <laughs> Joint he third. We've got Mr. Friday Night FM and Herb the Nerd on two points. Irons. And we have a tiebreaker situation with Ooh. Duke and Dave both on two and a half points. I should get the win. That. He didn't give yeah. me Fabrizio's yeah. answer. Sure. Okay. Here's Joe. Can you can a tiebreaker be who can spell availability? <laughs> oh, well, hey Siri, how do you spell? <laughs> oh. How many how many's now has gone off in their cars? Oh amazing. Sorry, sorry everybody. Alright, so this is for Dave and Dupe, first to buzz in. Uh so we all know about the FM content hub, the byline. Of course, our very own Friday Night FM has had a few of his own articles published over there. Um which creator has had the first article published? Dupe. Dupe. Grasshopper. FM Grasshopper is correct. Very Sorry, good I don't understand that name. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, go on, Dave. Dave. GG's. Go on, Dave. I don't really know that shite. <laughs> 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 I can't read. Uh, 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 yeah. I'm just not, I just don't read blogs, I'm afraid. Get, get, a, get yeah. a bingo card out. Yeah. <laughs> That's an old school bingo one. Yeah. No one's got that one. Well done, Curtie, and uh, well done, Doopy, as well, for winning it. I mean, that yeah, was a big assist, so big assist from Joe. Big assist from Joe. It's easy, isn't it? <laughs> it was yeah. tough finding that one on Sporkle, to be fair. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's a niche quiz. <laughs> Submitted by FM Dupe. What's all that about? <laughs> <laughs> Access by It's great to have you back, Curtie. Is, Honestly, yeah, I'm, I'm the best best quiz for weeks. That <laughs> can I can I just give can I give a little recommendation for either of you two for one of your quizzes at any time? I ain't doing another one now. I'm retired. <laughs> when I'm coming home, because obviously Charles with a baby now, I come home and she's watching House of Games. It's a very okay. very clever quiz show, and I think it would be good. Is that with Richard Osman? Yeah, yeah, Osman. Anything up? Oh, that's got Osman and his commander. It's very good, and there'll be a good twist with some of the footballers' names and things. With one of the quizzes they do, I think it'd be really, really good. Noted. Yeah. Marvelous. Well, uh, that was one return that we've had. We did mention about another potential return of an old favourite from the outset. Uh, so the big question: Should the Wonder Kid Hall of Fame return? Now, I'm not sure whether we're opening that up to us <laughs> or the the listeners at large. Maybe we should have it as a poll and see what they say on the Twitters. Eleven I, Wonder Kids. He was a I, oh, I was going to say this. <laughs> you, you got me. <laughs> I think I think it's one of those things. It became tricky to do it every single week when we were doing it originally. But certainly, if it could come back in some capacity, I'd be all for it. Agreed. Mm. I wonder if we Same. say get 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 a yes. If we get a yes, and then what we do is we propose four because that's how many we can have, and then put the poll out, and then we have that ready for the next week. Ooh. When, yes. we, when we run it. Yes? Like also, because you've done a lot of the real old ones, there may be the chance to bring it forward a little bit. Excellent. Is Dave, that, Dave, is that doesn't know. Dave doesn't is know. Dave doesn't know anything. Yeah, once Dave knows. <laughs> we, need, we need one Dave knows. Pre, anything pre-FM 15, we're screwed. <laughs> That's five years of FMs of Wonder Kids. Yeah. If anyone writes a blog, you still don't read them anyway. So we're screwed. no, no, no. But the first what we probably did it a lot longer than what the first ten episodes, maybe ten twenty episodes. We, what we need is Whoa. someone who's really dedicated to go back and listen, listen to them, and see which ones we entered and which ones we didn't. I think we've got a list, we, don't we? We've got a list. We can add, we can add the section on the website, and we can, yes, I'll do it. <laughs> There's always one. I'll do it. All heroes wear capes. I'm pretty sure. Indeed. Just maroon jumpers. Still, I think Balenta. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure Balenta has still got it on his Wikipedia bio. He has, no, yeah, he has definitely. Yeah. Let me search that now. Tremendous. I'm searching that right I, now. I go and check that once every four to six weeks, I think, and it's still. Hey there, Alvarez Balenta. I know you can't get out, but you should. No, it's, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's on I there still. The lockdown rules, you know, Dave. Spit it, someone, Come on. Or someone's even added information after we put it. So it's yeah, still we, yeah we added a citation. That's why it's still there. Yeah, yeah. So playing style and praise, if you look a little bit down, Eder Alvarez Balanta was also inducted into the five-star potential podcast Wonder Kid Hall of Fame for his exploits in the Football Manager series of games. And that has got to be there for how long? Yeah, uh, three years. Three years three. That is why we're number yeah. one in Macedonia. 
<laughs> True story. <laughs> Thanks to the three people that listened, <laughs> are able to listen to podcasts there. Uh, and talking of uh, people that listen to the podcast, uh, we're going to ask you for five star reviews on whichever podcast platform that you listen to this podcast on. Uh, they do help us out massively, and we haven't asked for a while, so uh, we thought we would do that as well. It helps in whatever algorithm of whichever platform you listen to us on. And as there's a new game, there's loads of new people that will be playing it, so they need to listen to the podcast. Anyway, that does bring episode 171 to a close. You can find links for each of us, the Five Star Pod Twitter account and Weestream FM Discord server in the podcast description or by visiting weestreamfm.com where you can also find the blogs and videos that have been released this past week. They include Dave's Tomadera Experiment, Dupe's Achievement Hunter Challenge and Joe's Dubbed the Next player filters plus many many more five star potential is available on itunes spotify and most other popular podcast apps and platforms with a new podcast released every monday thank you all for listening there will be more from us next week say goodbye folks goodbye, goodbye folks, folks.